0: If you have been around me at all in the last 12 years, you know how big it is for me to tell you that we just simply show up. There are so many things in life that people aren't showing up for, and we need to be showing up in our community. So here's the deal. It speaks volumes to your community when they actually see you in your community. Guys, it's as simple as this. Choir concert, football game, setting up chairs for a youth group, theater production. Where are you showing up at? church to take the hope of christ to every student in the united states this is first priority now here are your hosts steve cherico and brad skelling
1: hello everybody welcome to the first party Prod- podcast must be a holiday week or something week after holiday no, 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 no. exactly 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 what i'm glad to be here no matter when it is
2: good to see you brad
1: and yes i am shouting how's everybody doing today how are you doing steve
2: good man welcome back is your belly full
1: uh well it will be but yep we all know how the recording versus launching mm-hmm. goes, but, yes. this is
2: virtual land so by now your belly is full and it is you're back on that new exercise
1: regime it is cyber monday giving tuesday today and tomorrow so yeah, yeah. what do we got in the show today steve
2: and we're going to talk uh, another discussion from the national conference last in, in October. Yes, this time we're gonna we're gonna sit down and take in Miss Natalie, who uh, was as always moving and yes. authentic and honest about where she is and what the Lord's doing in her world.
1: Yeah, we're moving on from the interviews you did with individuals and going into some of our sessions. I believe we'll have three or four of those sessions here in the next couple of weeks just to give everybody a peek into just some of the content that goes on at the fall conference. We try to do that every year. Just to, We can't reproduce the relationship. We can't reproduce the feeling in the room. We can't reproduce a lot of it on a podcast or on YouTube with technology, but we can share some of that information. You can get to know Natalie and uh, hear what she does down there in the Permian Basin.
2: That's good.
1: Very that good. good. Yeah. Well, we, we just mentioned that it is Cyber Monday Giving Tuesday. What do we What do you want to talk about with that? Got anything with that before we jump into Natalie's conversation?
2: Well, as you said, Brad, you know, reality is right around the corner, right after this podcast comes out, it will be Giving mm-hmm. Tuesday. And your team came together with just a bunch of things that can be sent out before or on Giving Tuesday, depending on where you, when you hear this talk. So yep. you want to talk about what Taeyn worked on?
1: Well, we can talk about Tayana, even though we're clearly not in the room with her today, and uh, just say, yeah, she's put together some graphics for uh, chapters, districts, all those out there doing first party, trying to use this as a tool to raise funds and to help further the efforts of taking the hope of Christ to every student. And so whatever excuse we can use, right, everything is a fundraiser to help push the vision forward Help people join the cause, whether that be with their time or their resources, finances. And uh, Giving Tuesday is a good excuse for that.
2: Agreed. Totally agreed. So make sure that you grab that content and repost it and get it out there so that the wave can get bigger on Tuesday.
1: Yep. Yep. And if you're on that quest and you did not get that from Tiana, reach out to me and I can hook you up for some of the year end content that she's putting out there. Um, Some of the other things we can Provide some good resources in order to help keep the movement going forward. That's good. That is That's good. good. That's good. Tayana's good. Well,
2: yep. Well, lots of lots of quiet school weeks this week, so yep. no real stories to give you as an update. So let's let's jump into Natalie's talk and get after it.
1: Sounds good.
0: Well, I'm excited to be here. Um, it is so great to always see the room full. Um, it's such an encouragement to me as someone who has poured into this ministry for over 12 years to see people continue to pour into this ministry. So. I just want to take, I'm going to take a little bit of time, but I want to, um, I guess, first introduce myself because I had to realize there are people in the room that um, might not know me and that I don't know. So it was kind of cool when I got to meet Ryan. But I have some others I didn't get to meet either. So I can't wait to find out more about you guys. But, so my name is Natalie. I have the privilege of doing First Priority in West Texas. It's considered the Permian Basin. Um, some of you guys might know it as the, Fr- the city of the Friday Night Lights. So um, on every any given Friday, When we have our rivalry game between Permian and Odessa High, we will have, this past time, we had over 17,800 people in attendance for a high school football game. Yes, so that's the city that God has called me to, and thank goodness I love football. So, it's so cool. Um, You guys got to hear, this my husband Shane over here. We've been married for 30 years, uh, just this past September. He is our executive director. Um, It's just a privilege to serve under him. I also have the rest of my staff, uh, which is Randy Unruh, um, Tony Bakari, and a new addition to our staff is my oldest daughter, Tori, who's taking pictures. you want to know what success in ministry looks like? <sighs> Having one of your kids start volunteering with you. I don't know about you guys, but I'm in a school that's probably one of the top ten most dangerous schools in America. And so when that went off, I was like, "We got to go down. Everybody's down. Everybody's down." <laughs> okay. Golly. Okay. See this. Ah, this is better. This is so much better for me. But I want to just re- um, go back to that. Um, Shay and I have been in ministry, by vocational, for. Um, over 28 years and when your kids see what you're doing and the calling that God's placed on your life and they want to join in that that's success in ministry for me because it just means that we didn't forbid that relationship with our kids but we didn't forsake our community as well and that they just fall in love with that so I just want to say that as a mom I am just truly blessed that I have uh, somebody who's like hey I want to come along, and I want to take what you're doing and put it on display for the world to see, in a way that people want. And it's just been awesome. So, I want to share with you the theme for this year. Um, Okay, that's up there. Okay, the theme for this year is about shepherding, and I love. I'm going to take what Ryan said, and when we were praying, Ryan made the comment that I just just spoke to me, and and I have to remember this today. He said. We are so busy sometimes shepherding that we forget we're sheep. That's important to me because I'm going to share something about that because here's the thing. The theme is is that if we are shepherding people in a way that honors God, then we should smell like sheep because we aren't a top-down ministry. I think that so often, that's why I just couldn't be here because I'm not a top-down. We are a ministry that works at the ground level alongside our volunteers. And if we do that correctly, which is huge, as the scripture says, our, our scripture for it is 1 Peter 5, 1 through 11, but I want to read to you the paraphrase of that in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 2 and 3, and it says this, Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercise an oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. So I'll say it again. If we're gonna shepherd our volunteers in a way that honors God, we should smell like our flock. It's it's just huge. So for me, tonight, I wanna share with you some key ways that we can recruit and retain volunteers. It's gonna get smelly, it should. We're dealing with people. We're dealing with a lot of different personalities. So how do we recruit volunteers in this ministry? Now here's the thing, what I want you to do because they they gave me 45 minutes, don't worry, I'm not a 45 minute -er. But what I want you to do is you have questions as I go along, so I'm gonna share with you some key key ways to. to recruit and some key ways to retain. But I'm, I'm not gonna expand on it, I could go on forever, but if you have questions, okay, Natalie, how do you, how do, you do this? Write it down, because I wanna leave some time for Q and A Q&A after I'm done. Because I feel like sometimes when we come together, we're like, man, I had that question, and then we're up till two trying to meet with each other and find out how do you do this? So write it down. I, I wanna leave some space for us to ask some questions before we head into dinner, okay? Because here's what I wanna share with you. I'm not sharing with you things that work, in the Permian Basin, I'm going to share with you things that work in ministry. Okay. So whether you have 250 clubs or you have two, the way that we recruit and retain volunteers doesn't change. Okay. So I want, I want to, I want to be just really transparent with you with that. So how do we recruit volunteers? This is my favorite phrase. I'm so glad you asked. My first thing is this, we show up. I, if you have been around me at all in the last 12 years, you know how big it is for me to tell you that we just simply show up. There are so many things in life that people aren't showing up for, and we need to be showing up in our community. So here's the deal. It speaks volumes to your community when they actually see you in your community. Guys, it's as simple as this. Choir concert, football game, setting up chairs for a youth group, theater production. Where are you showing up at, right? Our presence in the community that God has placed us in is crucial, It's crucial. You want volunteers, you're probably not gonna get them at your club because they're students. You've got to be present in your community. So who have you guys talked to just this past month about First Priority? just this past month. Who who are you talking to? Here's my thing. Have you talked to a parent group? How about a youth group? A youth pastor network? Not a youth group, youth pastor network. How about a rotary club? Sunday school class? Who have you encountered this past time? Because I'm going to tell you those four key things got me my 154 volunteers. I currently have 154 volunteers. 75 of them I've had for over five years. Why? Because I showed up. I went looking for them, right? I didn't just wait for them to come into the pasture, right? If we want people, we've got to show up. And I know that's hard because some people will say, you know, I've got a lot of things you don't understand. But if you want to recruit volunteers, I'm just gonna challenge us the first thing. You gotta show up in your community. Don't care how big your community is. So I'm just letting you know, this isn't something that just applies in my area. I'm reminded in Colossians 3, 23 and 24, and we know this, whatever you do, work hardly as unto the Lord, not to man, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive his inheritance as your reward. You're serving the Lord Christ. So I want you to know, never underestimate the power of showing up, knowing that God will reward you. And it might be with volunteers because everything you do, you do unto the Lord. And he's like, I'll take care of you, but I need you to do it unto the Lord. And so often we're looking for volunteers, but we're not willing to show up to get them. I'm telling you that because it's important to me. So first, I want to challenge you to show up. The second one is this. And this is a tough one to hear, I think, because I want you to hear my heart first, that while I love first priority, I love the local church more. So I want you to hear my heart about this. I mean that. First priority in my city, this is the only part I will say my city, we run for 32 weeks. The local church is 52. So I want you to hear this when I share this with you. But here's my second thing I want to share. We need to stop limiting ourselves to just student pastors and church staff as our volunteers. Guys, we know the life expectancy of a student pastor. Some of us here in this room, you wore one, right? So we find ourselves putting everything in that basket when only 30% probably of your volunteers are church staff. So we're limiting ourselves, right? So here's the thing. Find you some moms, some grandparents that are fired up about changing this generation for their kids or grandkids, and you've just covered school. I'm saying that because it happened, I've seen it happen. I've seen some grandparents who are like, I'm the one picking the kid up anyway, I might as well go to club. But they wouldn't have known that had I not shown up in the community, right? So here's the deal. While, and I feel like I didn't want people to be offended by that because we do network and we love the local church. But when I get a local church on board, I'm looking for four more people in that church that can serve. I'm I'm four deep every time. I got a youth pastor. I'm thinking, okay, I need four more people from that church to get on board. Why is that? Because while student pastors come and go, that parent, grandparent, Sunday school teacher, VBS leader lives in that community. And they're probably going to be there another 10 or 15 years. And let's get them fired up about it. Because that's gonna, you're gonna get longevity there. You're gonna get a school covered there. So that's why I want, I, I just want to reiterate to you that those areas are great places to recruit a volunteer. So let's not limit who we're looking for. So we show up, we're not gonna limit our search on volunteers. But I wanna share one more thing that I think might seem simple to you guys, but it's huge when it comes to recruiting volunteers, we need to talk about it. You see, I think it's just as important to raise people up to volunteer as it is to raise money. Sometimes we're busy about talking about raising money, but we forgot that we need to raise people. So I think we need to talk about it. So here's my challenge to you with that. I actually have more shirts in my closet that aren't first priority, I do. I know people where I live do not believe that. I will tell you I brought a couple things. This and I know my family's like, wow, oh, she doesn't have a first party shirt on today. I should have being up here. I know I should have. I was trying to be a little extra for y'all. But here's the deal. When I go out into the community, I throw my first party shirt on. Why? Because I'm intentional about having a conversation. So here would be my challenge in that. Do people in your community know that you do first priority? They might know where you go to church. They might know that you love a sports team, but do they know you do first priority? Are we talking about it? When you see a parent, you got your First Priority shirt on and you, because here's the thing, you guys are the expert in the field, and this is your community. You go to the grocery store, that kid recognizes a First Priority shirt, and I know that people are always, they joke, because Shane and I, um, we give out shirts to our, that's a part of our club kit for our students, we give out shirts in our area. That's just in our area, but that's just what we do. You know why? Because I can identify that, oh he's purple shirt, he goes to Bowie. Because then I intentionally can see that kid in a store, high five a kid, now I have the parent saying, oh, you're first priority, yes, yes we are, yes we are. You wanna know what's going on in your kid's club? Do you have opportunities to volunteer? Oh my, why, because first of all, I was intentional about wearing my first priority shirt because I knew I was going to the grocery store, and then I'm gonna expand on the conversation, but here's the deal, I actually know what's going on at that kid's club because I'm not top down. I'm going to serve alongside those who I'm recruiting in ministry so I actually know what's going on in the ministry. And I get to talk about it. You talk about what you're passionate about. Are you passionate enough about this that you're going to talk about it wherever you go? If you sit with me long enough, you'll know a few key things in my life that I'm passionate about. This is it. Shane says it all the time, but I, I, I want to just echo it. If there was anything else reaching more students, I would go do that. This is it, this is it. There's no retirement plan. There is no, I'm gonna only do this, okay, if you want to though, Chris, it's okay. But um, there's, I said there's no retirement plan, if you want, you know. But here's the deal, this is what we do. This is who we are. But does your community know that? Do they know that? Because if they knew that, you might get you some volunteers, right? So we need to talk about it. Now, so we're gonna build a base because we're gonna show up in our community, right? We're not gonna limit our reach of who is gonna be our volunteers. We're gonna talk about it. So now we've probably recruited some volunteers, right? Probably have some people who say, hey, I wanna get on board with that. Sometimes that can be the easiest thing, but then how do we retain them? How do we keep volunteers? I was challenged with this because when I was asked to do this, um, it's been a couple months ago, someone had asked me, they said, hey, so how hard is it for you to keep volunteers? you know, like, what's going on there? And And I paused because I was like, keep them. Like, I didn't understand that that was a challenge. Ours is growing every year, we're adding to the fold. So I had to sit and think, well, I mean, what do we, how do we keep volunteers? I was like, how do you keep people? So, you know what I did? I thought, well, let's just be, let's just be transparent. I'm gonna ask our people, why, why do you do first priority? And here's what, it was just a resounding sound. You love well. People know what love looks like, and they wanna be a part of that. doesn't matter as an adult or student. And they were like, and I'm like, what? And they're like, no, you love well. And to me, that's powerful because people want to be in a place where they're loved. Some of us have left positions and titles because they didn't feel seen or heard or loved. And we're asking people to volunteer and we want to keep them. So I thought, okay, what, what does love look like? Scripturally, not the way Natalie portrays love, what does love look like scripturally? And it says this in First John chapter 3, verse 18 Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. People are watching how we serve, how we treat others, and how we love. And if we do this well, people will naturally want to serve with us because they feel loved. It's a natural progression. They don't want to serve with somebody who is, as scripture said, do not be someone who's overbearing and expectations that can't be met and all of those things, right? So what scripture tells us is no one wants to, don't do that. Don't tend to his flock that way. So I take that serious because these are the people that God has entrusted us with. And I love it when they talk about, when we think of shepherding, we think of pastoring, but my goodness, I am shepherding 150-some people every week. And I better do it well. Because this is who he's entrusted me with, and he will reward that, and he has. I mean, I've seen it from 25 volunteers to 50 to 75. We grew 35 volunteers this year. 35. Oh, my. Why? Because I think that we love, love well but we also love well because we show them value. We've gotta show value to our volunteers. In order to retain volunteers, they need to see what they are doing has value. This is from being a campus coach, to someone who brings in the donuts, to someone who cleans up the, cleans up after the students lose leaves, those who are helping greet, whatever that is, they need to know that what they're doing has value and that they are valued. That's another way you, lo- you can love people well. Show them value. That this ministry is, it has value to it, right? Now, how do we show value to our volunteers? Buy them a coffee cup, journal, pens. Well, if we remember what scripture just said, we need to do it with our actions and our speech. Wow, those things aren't bad. Don't hear that. But what do we do with our actions and our speech? We show value because we serve alongside them. That's why I just, I couldn't up here. And and if anyone else does it up there, I will not be like, I can't believe they're up there. No, I'm not going to even think that. I just couldn't because I want to serve alongside you. I want to grow with you. I want to pour into you, right? Because here's the deal. We will never smell like our flock if we are not in the pasture. We never will. And then we'll wonder what happened. And then we'll wonder why I just can't get any volunteers for that school. When was the last time you were at that school? When was the last time that your community saw you? Guys, I'm here to tell you, I know there's 24 hours in a day. I'm fully aware of that. But if I allow the Lord to dictate that time, I, I promise you. I think sometimes He's gave me twenty-eight. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I know He has because I look back and I think, how did that get done? Because He did, and He will reward. Please just stay faithful to that. In Jesus' name. I feel like that's that His aiming. If not, it's it's His ouch, and I'm in trouble. So, goodness, that's just the Lord. He's like, nah, I'm just gonna pop balloons while you're up there and. You're just gonna work through it. This is great. Okay, so the last thing is this, to retain volunteers, well not the last thing, but close to it, sorry I didn't wanna give you false hope. Um, Because you know they're like, let me wrap it up now. I'll give you that cue here in a sec. Um, Is to communicate. In any relationship that's ever gonna work in our life, we have to communicate. We can never assume that the other one knows what we're thinking or what's gonna go on. Communication is key. So here's what I'm gonna ask you. Oh, I, I got I to deliver this well. My family's going to challenge me on this. How are you communicating with your volunteers? Okay, we want to retain them, right? Are you communicating with them weekly or weekly? Which way? I want to challenge you to communicate with your volunteers weekly. That seven-day weekly. Here's why. No one knows more about first priority in your city than you. You're the expert, right? You're, you were called to it. This is your city. You've planted. You started putting stuff in the attic, right? That's okay. That's me after 10 years. No one knows more about it than you. So here's the deal. I, in my area, this is the second time I will say that in the last. I email my volunteers every Monday morning. Every Monday morning, you can... I was traveling, guess what? Scheduled it, MailChimp. And um, 8 a.m. Monday morning, because guess what? If they don't get an email at 8 a.m. Monday morning, they're like, wait, I start getting texts. Hey, so, now, now hear me on this. I don't care if you have 10 clubs, if you have 50 clubs, or you have one club. Are you communicating with your volunteers? Do they know? Because here's the deal, they are, they need, to, they need to know what's going on. And I don't care who it is that's picking it up or if it's the person who's facilitating, whatever that looks like, right? So here's, here's where I wanna challenge you with that. They should never be left, yes, yes. I hope this happens, Chris, if this doesn't happen to you, I'm gonna be really upset. Because i would take it personal now. I, Tony, are you doing that? Okay, so here's the thing, your volunteers, our volunteers should never be left wondering If there's value in what they do, because we didn't take the time to give them value and communicating with them. Club time should not be the only time our volunteers hear from us. What if the only time that I have a relationship with someone and the only time they hear from me is if I want something? That's going to be, I'm not going to retain or keep that relationship. True? This will equip our volunteers for success and then you will have a successful club. You will be left wondering because you've communicated. And here's the thing, if they don't know, it's not because you didn't tell them. That's the only thing about MailChimp, it does tell you who opens it and doesn't open it. And I just like, I go back through, I'm like, I don't wanna know. But I do know it got sent, right? I know the email gets sent. So here's the thing. We, we wanna communicate. And maybe some of us, we struggle with that. But then we also wonder, why can't I keep that person? why do they say this isn't something they wanna do anymore? Well, here's the thing, did we show up? Did we love well? Did we give them value? Do we communicate with them? And here's this part. Did we successfully train them? We do a lot of training for students. But are we we, successfully articulating? what the need is for them as someone who's volunteering for the first priority? How we train them? Are we equipping them to come alongside us and do this thing for the next 10 years? I see, I'm now challenged with, I don't just want the volunteers who have kids and I want them when their kids aren't there, and it happened. I have volunteers, their kids graduated 10 years ago, but they still live in this community. They bought the house, they put in the pool. This is still their city, and it should be ours. So doing a training, training your volunteers successfully means that you've set that standard. They know the expectation and they do it well. Why? Because you love them. You show them value in your ministry. And there's probably not anything they wouldn't do for you, but more importantly for the Lord. I'm gonna leave you with this because oh yeah, I probably I didn't look at the clock. We're good. Our ministry is only as good as the people who serve alongside us. I don't want to be a lone ranger in this. I know I'm in a room full of people who could do a club if there was a hundred kids there, and you could probably do it by yourself. Why? Don't. It's more work to get volunteers, and yeah, well, I could pull this off, and I hear I hear it a lot. I could do it myself. Well, first, can I just challenge you? I wouldn't have a club, there wasn't a guy and a girl there. Adults. Well, it's not that I wouldn't, I don't. I do not. We still are in a fallen world. There is always one male, one female at my clubs. Always, always protect the ministry with that. But here's the thing. In order to recruit, retain volunteers, we need to continue to be more about the people than we are the program. I see it all the time. That's why I have to share. First priority is a relational ministry. We have got to continue to care about people because we can't do this by ourselves. Not only can't we, but we shouldn't. Because that's burnout. That's in two years, am I still gonna be in that city that I'm relaunching? If you're by yourself, probably not. But with a group of people, Ryan, There's nothing you're not gonna do, because I I believe you surround yourself with a group of volunteers, you're gonna play the long game. Two years is not gonna be enough for you there. You're gonna start putting stuff in the attic, buddy. I'm I'm just gonna ask you to shepherd the flock that God has entrusted you with, and start smelling like sheep. People in your city need to know that you do first priority because you smell like it. You talk like it because your desire is to see the hope of Christ in every student in your city. And I know we spend so much time equipping students and golly that it's their ministry. I get that, but we need to read me to recruit and retain volunteers. Just as the scripture tells us, And while I love it that you said, let's not forget that we're sheep. I think that makes it so much easier to work alongside one another because he'll shepherd us as we go out in the pasture. And we make heaven crowded at the end of the day because we did it with a whole bunch of other people with us. So I want to leave it for some questions because some of you, this isn't a problem, you're like, man, yay, praise the Lord, I'm right there with you, which is great, but then there's some of you like, Natalie, I've been doing this club by myself for years, and can I help you, can we, can we talk that out? So, do any of you have questions on, okay, I hear that, but how? And let's just, let's just talk through that really quick when it comes to, yes.
1: I have so 154 volunteers. Correct. Great
0: question. Great question. So, 154 volunteers over multiple cities, right? So, I have, and, and I'll break it down. I have a, a Desa Odessa team, Midland team. I have a rural city team, right? So, there, are, and underneath all of those is 57 volunteers, 64, 36. That probably doesn't add to 54. Something like that, it's all my thing. So here's what happens. They all get the base email. That's what happened at the club this past week. And I will say this and this. We can't all be everywhere, so here are some club stories from this past week. So someone who is in one city, my shoe stayed right there. Someone who was in one city is going to hear stories that happened 60 miles away in another city and is going to be encouraged. So I do club stories from, mentors, from volunteers is what I put on there. Club stories from volunteers. Three of them. You know how I know what those club stories are? Because they fill out a report. Yes, smart sheet, let's go. If you go away with it, I'm keeping it. You probably are, and that might be another session. I don't want to kill that. But I have people put club stories. It wasn't hard to get the content, so that's what I initially do, everyone gets that base part, it has the club stories. Then it has whatever that month is, EPIC, E-P-I-C or whatever, and has the links to all of that stuff in the next one. This is for your, your campus coaches and your volunteers. I always make sure, I don't care if you are a pizza server or if you're a club mentor or a campus coach, you're getting the same email and you're getting the same information. There's value in all of it. So I always make sure so that next section of the email has it broke down. This is, you know, EPIC or H O P E. Whatever that is, that's what weeks they're on. Then there's just one more and it says game plan. Just on one specific 13 schools, like I don't know, it's like fifty some clubs. And it will have, this is the week that school's on. This is, hey, Randy's picking up pizza at eleven. This is the week this school's on. This person's picking up donuts at 7.15, right? It's, it's on there. You guys, I copy and paste it from the week before. I mean, the first week, it's hard to set it up, but after that, that email goes out to Odessa City team. On the bottom of it is a random question, and mark your calendar for these dates. Youth Pastor Network, Hope Celebration, blah, blah, blah. It goes out. Next city. Copy, paste, same thing, but then their game plan is different. These people have a lot of middle schools, they don't pick up pizza, someone's doing donuts, whatever that is, it tells the game plan for that week. Are they all on the same week? No, because some of these schools are on Monday. I haven't been on the same week since the first week, because we had Labor Day. Game plan there, email goes out. Next city, same generic thing, this is what this city's all doing, goes out. That's how I communicate with them, every week. That is my commitment to them. So you know what they do? Man, what, how many of you guys have been to a club and someone said, man, what week are we on? Every week they say it. They don't need to know. They don't need to worry about it. Because I want them to know there's value in what they're doing, so they know what week they're on. And guess what? <laughs> they're on all different weeks. But what I can also do is forward you the email that, I just, that they just got this morning at 8 o'clock. Oh, can I cast it up there? Maybe not. Anyway, that's what I do. All the different cities, it's four different ones. I actually get it done on Sunday night and I send it out. So Tony knows everyone in his city has been communicated with. Randy knows everyone in his city has been communicated with. I know everyone in my city has been communicated with. Is that a lot of work? Yeah, but you wanna retain volunteers? Communicate with them. So that's, hopefully that answers your question. I do four different ones. I love this. Yes, they get taught, okay, so I do that part, right? Mm -hmm. So then you have your campus coach group text with everyone that's at that school. Everyone at that school, campus coach, all the volunteers that help at that school, guess what they do? They text every week. Hey guys, don't forget we're on prepare week, I'll meet you at the front desk, we'll check in at 11. Who's coming? Someone's not coming, like, hey, I had something to be, so then it's like, it's not a surprise when someone doesn't show up, because that whole group now takes it serious that someone else is counting on them, so that school has their own group text among those adults, and they actually respond in the text at a club that was going on today. They got the group text out, hey, don't forget, you know, it's whatever week, so those people got that text Guess what they put in there? Man, maybe we had 56 today. Everyone there. They were celebrating wins in there, what things happened in there. That's eight people all by themselves. This is their school, and it's a group text. So they communicate weekly the day of the club or the night before. Like, hey, who all's coming today? Or who all's coming tomorrow? And they'll all thumbs up or not, you know. So yes, we also communicate weekly. So it branches down from that Monday morning email that comes from their administrator. And then they will get a text, they have a group text for every single club that we're on. There's a group text set up, every single one. And they do that independently. Yes, so they also get communicated with weekly. Now, I wanna follow up with that because some people will be like, mm, that's too much. Is it? Because how many of you guys just showed up at a club and you were the only one there? Like, oh, I didn't know so-and-so wasn't gonna be there. Oh, wait, that, well, did you plan for it? So that's just setting them up for success. You know who's gonna be there, when they're gonna be there and how that works. So yes, that's the next level that we do. We have group text. Does that help or does that explain it? I'm not saying it's gonna help you, but does it explain it? So yes, they get a Monday morning email that comes from first priority of the Permian Basin. And then they also have a group text with their school, their club that they're on. Yeah. I do use Mailchimp for my emails, and uh, so our database is all in there. They all have a tag based on their city, and um, and then we send them out that way. We're able to schedule it. Yes, thirteen dollars a month. I don't get any fancier than that, but that's just what that one is. Up to I think a thousand or fifteen hundred people. Someone else have anything? What you got? What do you what what's? Mm-hmm. We do a volunteer banquet at the end and we celebrate them. So we do um, we do that at the end of, uh, we're done in April. So we will have one in May. They all know it every year. We go to the country club, it's the one time all of us get to go to the country club to eat and um, and we'll go there and celebrate wins. And so, yes, we'll do a this year, oh, is she in here, no, she's not here, Debbie's not here. We did beach towels, we told them to soak up the sun in the summer and kind them beach towels. That's that said first priority. So yes, we did, but if that's all we did, and almost every volunteer showed up. That was expensive, I wasn't counting on that. But they did. <laughs> I'll be honest, I'll just be honest. I was like, hey, if half come, that will be good. No, no, uh, I, think, I think we only had maybe, I, I think Brandy is actually out of town for that one, will not you, Randy? Yeah, um, I, I wanna say 16 of them, only 16 or so of them didn't come, yeah. So it was like leading up to that, and that's just the, kind of just the extra icing on the cake. Because you know what? Most of our volunteers would rather us pour it back into ministry, just as your donors would. But we do it anyway. Yes, we do. And we do budget for that. But we need to do, if that's all it was, then, yeah, I don't think it's enough. Yeah. Someone else, what do you got? What's your struggle with it? What is it that we can we can talk through before you guys eat? Or you're thinking, man, lady, that is too much. You do not know my schedule. No, I don't. 86%. And if they don't open, I will resend in Jesus' name. (laughs) It says your window for resending is really best if you do within 24 hours. You betcha. Because guess what? I will check it when I get done here. And tomorrow morning, I'm going to resend that bad boy. And you know what, I don't have anybody, I mean, the only complaint I will get, I didn't get your email. I'm like, what's my next question? Did you check your spam? There you yeah. but anyway, you do the best you can. So yeah, I would say 86%, um, because it's something that they expect. They knew it at the training, right? Because we did volunteer training. So they knew it at the training. Y'all are gonna get a Monday morning email. Check it, if you don't know, it's not because we didn't communicate with you. They didn't think it was overkill. We we won't even use the word micromanage. They don't even think about that. They're volunteers. They just know that we find value in what they do. We want to make sure that we articulate it well, what the expectations are. And man, do they do amazing. So yes, 86. Our volunteer training, we always do it after the kids go back to school. Everyone's come back and we will try to do it at two weeks. Actually, it's the second to the last week in August because we kick off after Labor Day. So I do it just a couple weeks before because retention and things happen. I need to know that those people who came are the ones that are gonna do it. So I will do it two weeks before school starts and there's the list of things. You have to go through a background check, child safety training, you need to be approved by the school and then we'll see you on campus. And so we go through and check that 100% success rate on them doing their background check, their child safety thing, and then them doing the application through the school 100%. Yes. So I have a question. First of all, phenomenal you know,
2: stuff with the volunteers. What happens in the case where they don't let volunteers come to your school? Or they won't let you know more than one on a regular basis? How, how do the... Students respond, or what are those clubs like when they volunteers are not able to engage weekly
0: like that? Anyone else? Can anyone else answer that? I'm in West Texas. I will tell you this: Tuesday at Permian High School, the whole front staff. You know what shirt they wear? First priority. Thursday, my whole janitorial staff at Odessa High. First priority, even football coaches because I spent a lot of time with them over the summer and all the month of May, I decided that I'm gonna be a face in my community. You need help during testing? I'm there. You want a shirt? Absolutely. So I can't speak to that except for during COVID. That's the only time I can speak to that because during COVID, I knew this ministry was sustainable because students were leading clubs when we weren't there because we had equipped them with success. So I was meeting kids on the stairs of their apartment, videotaping whatever it was for that week. We'd post on social media and the kids were just coming and did their own clubs. So I do know it's sustainable. They'll do it themselves because so the no students are none whatsoever. Like, no parent uh, has
2: uh, ever complained. No like,
0: I think mean, that's awesome. But I just, I yeah, it's just not, uh, in Texas. I will have to say, I, I'm just that and that might be the only part that I would say that it is. If there's pushback, Chris, I would, I would get to the root of the pushback. Was there a ministry that was there before that blew it for us? Or did we blow it in some capacity by not following the rules of the school, which I've seen that happen? I've seen that happen. Now, I know that we've had to go back and correct some things, but I have one, one school I don't even want to say it now, but I'm going to do it anyway. I have one school. I have 11 volunteers that come every week. 11. They hold the wall. But guess what? They're watching their students lead. It's youth pastors who are just watching their students lead. They're collecting trash. Uh, They're high-fiving at the door. So um, I have not. So uh, I'm sure. I'm sure plenty of you guys have. Yes. We just in the... um, 40-some that we're in in our area and then our rural cities, uh, no, we haven't. We have not not been allowed on campus. I know it happens in Florida. Well, it's not that we haven't been allowed. No, but I know it has happened in cities in Florida where there's no volunteers, or only ones allowed on occasion. I've heard it all the time. Yes. But the students lead the club. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what i do Well, that's why I wanted to hit volunteer train. I wanted to reiterate that. Everything that I feel I shared today happens before club even starts. Every single thing that I've done, that this is setting people up just to hold the wall. So I, we run 3,500 students. This is just the people who are holding the wall to equip, encourage, and empower students so that st- other students can have an encounter with Jesus. So this is all pre-club, all of it. Yeah. So yes, I'm sure that that, yes, because I'm sure that someone else will, like, how do students do this? But my focus was how do we recruit and retain volunteers? Yes? Do you, do you train your volunteers every year? Every year. And if so, how do you keep that fresh and exciting to hold a separate training for these volunteers or do they all together a no matter what? They all do, but we run it quick. Three hours, three and a half hours, that includes lunch. I don't care if it was your first year or your 10th year. Uh, it's usually a different theme, so it still is engaging, right? So um, that's, yes. But also, we, we don't say required, we say required, not mandatory. But our board, for our board, it is required that they attend an annual training once a year. We have to do the background checks anyway. It's every, every year. So we have to do all of those things. So um, they look forward to it. Like they knew when they left when it was gonna be next year. And they're like, let's go. Because this is the one time that they all get to see each other even though they're all in different cities. Now, I do it in two different cities. Tuesday is this city and and the surrounding areas come to that one. Thursday is that city and surrounding areas come to that one. And it is an annual thing, yes. And they know it's required. In order to be on campus with us, it is required. No, so our teacher sponsors have requested that we do some sort of training with them. That um, actually, we have a school that wants us to come and do it during the teacher trainings, which is two weeks before school starts. So they want that. They want us to come in one to two weeks before school starts so that they know what their parameters are, what environment do we need to create, let's check the master schedule and get you a room. So if we did anything like that, it would be during a breakout group, during that um, ISD, Independent School District's trainings. Which is great that they'd give us audience to do that. Yes. Does the rules require you guys to have like the background check on
2: the on the volunteers like different levels so that they can do certain things or is it just like a blank in Everybody has to get this
0: background checking. So the schools the schools you are required um through a volunteer program or uh, hall pass. I'm thinking it's different in different schools, but it's, it's a VIPs or volunteer program. So they will run a background on you. What we found in the fine print, and you guys double check it, but we found it this year that we filled all that out and it says, if deemed necessary. So we knew then, oh no, we'll run our own. So they, the school will run a background check. Now, currently, if they deem necessary, I don't know if it became money issue or whatever, so us, our board's like, you will run a background check on every single one of your volunteers. So we do it through um, Protect My Ministry. And so we checked the box that we had them do child safety training in that. Everyone's like, oh, I've done that a million times. Well, we found out this one is new this year. And um, because the schools had stopped putting that child safety trainings in their volunteer uh, requirements. So we, oh boy, it has saved the ministry. For us, it's like you get
2: the levels.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, 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 yeah. So, no, ours is just one, and it is, it covers um, anything. Yes, but you're right. We don't want in there without the teacher. Oh, my goodness. No, we don't. And does it happen? Yes, but that is not our desire. So, yes, so we will we will do both the school, what the school requires, and then we will do our own as well, because ours um We like adding the child safety training. We check that box and it's been huge, huge. It's new stuff. So if you go through Protect My Ministry, it's so financially affordable and it protects your ministry. Yeah. Now, I know that I did hit that spot about limiting volunteers and stuff. And you know what? If that was your biggest struggle was that the schools didn't allow your volunteers, but you had an abundant amount, praise the Lord. So glean from that what you will, because there are some like, oh, they can't have volunteer. But if that was their only struggle, then we would all be like, we're knocking it out of the park. So yeah. Yes. It's just, a, just an example, got, I don't do the regular- Yes, yes. I just did it. You reminded me. I haven't done
2: it
1: a while. I just did it here. Yes. Teachers. And
0: I love it. You've already
1: responded to me tonight. So. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that's, to me, that shows as much value mm-hmm. and care
2: for as anything else. So I think where you look like. Mm-hmm. You follow up with it.
0: That's shepherding well. Shane laughs at me because at my school. So I, I have the privilege of I still am on campus at my schools um, just high-fiving people. And he always laughs because he's like, I, I think more happens at your car with the supplies, with those adults. I said, yes, because that's when I start smelling like the sheep. And I let them just pour out their stuff. And I find out what their husband's having surgery tomorrow, getting ready to have a new grandbaby, all these different things. And I'm like, okay checking notes in my mind so that I can check a couple days later. So how'd that go? And you know what? I find that I'm probably doing that more than even their small group, right? Because I want to take care of those who God's entrusted me with. How are you making this sustainable? Like, are you mm-hmm. recreating yourself? This is a lot for one brain. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't have a succession plan currently. Because, you know why? Because I don't want one. Like, I love I love where I'm at in the trenches right there. Like, I love it. So... Well, I have a whole staff that knows how... Like, they get the emails. They're very well aware of that. They would just have to be able to log in. I mean, they're like, hey, can we help you with the emails? Man, that is my joy. So, can they? Yes. But... I don't need them to, I don't require them to, yeah. Because I've had them numerous, Angela, she's like, do you want me to take all the emails? I'm like, no, that's my niche, I like it. Because I know, know that I've articulated what's going on, so yeah, that's just been my little niche that I have enjoyed doing, so yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Now he has fewer things that, that she has to focus on, but can do them even better. Doing a great job already, but even better job, because now
0: we're lightening above the burden as mm-hmm. a of, of team. We are, you are. I have the best, I I'm surrounded by the best servant leaders in the world. I mean, you can travel together at four in the morning. I'm like, let's go. Where could we not go together? Um, And Tony is literally my neighbor, not just biblically. And it has worked. Isn't that crazy? I know you're thinking, oh, they have to live next to the Kennys. Yes, he does. And uh, it's just worked well. Thank you for speaking that. Are y'all hungry? Brad didn't even have to. I sensed it from this side. He went, we're ready to eat, aren't we? We're ready. You guys, here's the thing. If it's not obtainable for you and those types of things, man, you know, you, you absorb what you can and let go of what you don't because this is going to be the next couple of days of just good stuff and hold on to what you think is going to work well in your ministry and just hold, do that and do it well. In Jesus name.
1: <laughs>
0: but don't forget. Yes, it's time to pray. But don't forget that you are also sheep that need shepherd, shepherded and um I pray that you have an opportunity just to lean into the Lord and what He wants for you in your area, in your city. Um, and just so you know, you're loved and you're valued.
1: Well, Steve, there's a reason we have Natalie both join us on the podcast and speak at the national conference. Um, and there's a reason why she can retain a volunteer. Exactly. Mm-hmm. She, she loves cares. people well. Yeah. She cares for people
2: well. You're exactly right.
1: The seen and heard conversation uh, just emanates from her life, both for students, for volunteers, for us in the room uh, when she's around us. It's, it's just who she is as a person, how she wants to live her life every day. It's good.
2: Yeah, I, I appreciated her diving into some of the nuts and bolts of how she handles that, both with events as well as with follow-up, um, but I also appreciated just the general look at, Hey, you know, these, as you said, these people want to be seen, they want to be heard. And Mm -hmm. when that makes them part of the family, then they jump in even deeper.
1: Yep. Yep. And yeah, people just need to know somebody cares about them and, you know, listening to her stories and I, I get convoluted about which stories came in the session and which stories were just in the conversations with her during the time. But yeah, uh, she just makes people feel seen and heard and people need to know that they're cared for 7 billion people on the planet, jumping it out, up and down, saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. And Shane and Natalie are two of them that are saying, I'll look at you. I'll look at you. Let's sit down. Let me, help me get to know you. What do you, what's going on in your life? And that's yeah, good. Push camp, whether you're talking about volunteers or anybody, that's, that's going to build your friends, how to win friends and influence people. Right.
2: Yep. Exactly. Right.
1: Yep. Yep. So, Well, man, I'm excited about
2: the outcome of this discussion and excited about the ones in the weeks to come as we dig deeper into the conference content from the speakers.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving and are having a peaceful, restful week with the Lord this week. And we're glad you listened with us today.
2: We'll see you soon.